Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. The latest data available from 2012 indicates the United States is home to over 8 million minority-owned businesses employing more than 6.3 million workers and generating $1.7 trillion in economic activity. Present estimates indicate the business's operated number may now exceed 11 million companies in 2017. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. For the last 33 years, the Colorado Black Chamber of Commerce has been working as a voice for the African-American business community of Colorado, supporting its members in adding their threads to the national minority business fabric. Through its series of quarterly SBA Start Small Business Workshops to Access the Capital Workshops, to its partnering with the Women's Chamber and other minority organizations for their annual business expo, to seminars with the Small Business Development Center, the Colorado Black Chamber of Commerce offers the support and resources necessary to meet the ever-changing needs of its members. On this edition, it's the state of African-American-owned business in Colorado with the Chamber's Executive Director, Ms. Lee Gash-Maxey. Yes, we are seeing an increase in African-Americans starting their own businesses. And there's probably a whole myriad of reasons. Everybody has their own breaking point with corporate America. Everybody has their own passion, their own creativity, and I could do this. Um, Interesting that you would ask me that because the Federal Reserve has just released the results of their study on black women opening small businesses. Really? And just for the record, black women are head and shoulders above other groups in opening their own small businesses. Why? Probably because the corporate glass ceiling has hit them pretty tough, partly because as single parents, they're responsible for the family income, partly because of the mass incarceration of black men for the last three, four decades, they have to make their own way. Now, are we talking about women that may be 35-plus, 40-plus in that early middle age range? Are we talking about younger women who may be coming out of college or just after high school? I think we're talking older, um, and and I don't have the statistics in front of me. But I think part of it is you try to do that corporate thing because that's kind of how we're wired in this country. Sure. I mean, let's be real. The educational system does not prepare you to be an entrepreneur. It really doesn't. It prepares you to work for somebody else. And that becomes your expectation. Is, is, is that something the uh, chamber would recommend that uh, schools maybe modify or add to their curriculum? Some, I can't say courses, but at least maybe some more uh, uh, mathematics training that could lead to entrepreneurship for uh, kids while they, they are in high school. Well, then I think there's a two-pronged approach to your question about high school curriculum. The first is, if you remember, um, there was a time when high school kind of had a vocational track. Um, And now we're in this boom, this construction boom. And the reality is they can't find enough construction skilled people 
to be able to fill all of the construction demand. So, and part of that is because kids now, young people now in high school aren't encouraged to get into those vocations. And the, the other part of that is that entrepreneurship is, I'm not sure it can be taught. I think once you decide to be an entrepreneur, yeah. there are skills that you can learn that you can can have enhanced. But the passion but, to be an entrepreneur, to be your own boss, I'm not sure we could teach that. The motivation is internal then. Absolutely. And and that drives the interest and the will to learn and the will to model, the will to follow it, the discipline to get it done. Well, an internal understanding that those external forces, you know, having a terrible day on your corporate job, having um, to be responsible as a single parent, having to basically foot the ideas by yourself, those external forces maybe push that internal passion to the point of, okay, I start my business today. Yeah. You said that there are more women coming into uh, to business these days. What fields are they? And okay, the few men that are coming to, what fields are they uh, are they entering or seeking to enter, or should I say, what markets are they seeking to play in? Well, interesting. Um, part of the the Federal Reserve study, and they did the whole region, the whole Kansas City region, and compared it to the whole country. But here in Denver. There's a lot more professional services. What do we call professional services? Accounting, marketing, mm-hmm. graphics, things that you can do from a home office. Yeah. You know, you and your computer might start the business. In other parts of the country, things like barber shops, things like cleaning services, um, maybe a little more pronounced. Yeah. But here in Denver, let's here in, in in the Rocky Mountain region, keep in mind we have a very educated population. That is the key. And their passion becomes those professions. I, I guess the next question is going to have from you for you, were they looking at uh, starting businesses as entrepreneurs, one or two people just themselves or setting up companies? I think you've already said that. Well, that that the one person I can do it. I've got all the skills I need. I I can buy the tools I need. Then I just have to go out and find uh, the clients I need. Well, and technically, all small businesses start as a one-person operation. One of the things that we just talked about with the Federal Reserve folks was that there are one million, hear me when I say it, one million black female-owned small businesses Really? Yeah, really. So they all start out as one person, you know, sole proprietor. If each of those one million businesses hired one person, what would it do to the employment situation in our communities? Wow, yes. Amazing. Yes, never thought about it like that. Right. So how come women are moving into it? How come men are maybe not, or they're they're content with uh, staying within a corporate setting? You know, I don't really have an answer for that. My guess is that even though black men 
are not um, able to advance in corporate America the way they would like to, they're maybe advancing at a faster pace than black women are. I don't know. That's my guess. I don't know that. And I also think that it may be more difficult for black men to say, I'm going to step out here and do this on my own. You know, black women from time began (laughs) have made do with ways to survive. Are these new businesses having issues like, not issues, or are they finding as a challenge access to capital? Totally. Uh, All businesses, black, white, brown, or yellow, small business has a a never-ending need for more capital. Now, we are blessed, I think, here in the Rocky Mountain region. Yeah. We have a number of alternative lending sources that don't have some of the traditional uh, key, you know, uh, factors. When you go to a bank to get money, they yeah. have some pretty stringent ideas. But everybody was thinking the SBA was taking care of that. Well, and the SBA and that's is the small doing, business administration. SBA is doing um, quite a bit, and let me be, let me give them a shout out because we do a monthly workshop, coffee with the SBA, where we focus on what the SBA does and some of the issues that they bring to um, small businesses. But one of the things, um, and I, I, we just talked about women being more prone to start a small business than men. We have a great partner with the chamber, a young man who's has had financing background forever, and what he did was start a short-term working capital program. So when you get your first government contract, yeah, you know you sign on June first, but you don't get your first check on June second, right? And it may be ninety to one hundred and twenty days before you get mm-hmm. that check. Sure. What um, the short-term working capital program does is loan you money at a 1% interest rate to fill that gap so that your cash flow doesn't get held up waiting for Uncle Sam or the state of Colorado or the city of Denver, for that matter, to send you a check so you can still do business. And that's the kind of thing that the chamber is partnering with to get small businesses to be successful and to be profitable. What, what other needs outside from capital and money do you see um, or has the chamber been discovering that small business will need as well for support? Well, I, I hate to say it, but small business has to do business. They have to dot the I's and cross the T's. For example, the construction industry is booming right now. Yeah. But the people that are putting together those projects mm-hmm. have technical requirements. And when I say that, they use computers just like we use computers. Okay. You have to file your reports on a computer. Mm-hmm. You have to submit your invoices on a computer. And if you don't learn the technical skills to be able to do your reports, to be able to submit your you'll never get paid. Hmm. So those kinds of things. Small businesses have the same issues that every business has. Sure. HR issues, 
accounting issues, IT issues, graphics outreach, marketing, which is one of the reasons that the chamber has partnered with the Daniels College of Business at the University of Denver. Yeah. And we are putting together the Entrepreneur Training Program. Oh. So that you have a business, you want to grow your business, but maybe your accounting skills aren't quite up to par. You come in one Saturday, take the accounting, we call them grinds, take the accounting (laughs) grind and walk away with the tools, the information to take your business to the next level. And there'll be eight to 10 of those various Saturdays. And at the end you won't get a degree from the University of Denver, but you'll get a certificate of competency, of of you did the work, you get the credit. Now, I know it's coming through the uh, through the Black Chamber, but can any entrepreneur come join the chamber and, and take advantage of this? Yes. Um, the other great part about this program is mm-hmm. you won't pay DU tuition, which we all know most of us can't <laughs> afford. Um, you will get a discount mm-hmm. if you're a member of the chamber, and you pay a little bit more if you're not a member, if you're a community member who wants to grow their business. Interesting. Are you finding young people maybe in high school are more interested in business kinds of things? Because I remember about 20 years ago, some of the young people were all saying, oh, I can be a rapper and sell my CDs out of the back of my car like uh, Master P did or something like right. that. Was, that was the model for everybody, the, yes. the, the euphemism for yes. everybody to do. But nowadays, you don't have to sell it back. You can sell it out of the cloud. Right, but right. Are but you I finding do an think, interest there with young people? I do think business? young people are more attuned to what it takes to be successful in business. You know, I I think everybody wants to be able to have the standard of living that they um you know, that they dream, that they aspire to. Yeah. I want to believe that young people are more tuned into doing the work to make that happen. Really? I think so. And not just to the results of it with the bling and all that. They right. really want to do the work. I I, I, I need to believe that okay. they want to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> On this edition, our subject is the state of African-American-owned businesses in Colorado with Ms. Lee Gash-Maxey, Executive Director of the Colorado Black Chamber of Commerce. We will gain additional insights from her on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.